This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, y'all? Happy weekend. Excited to be back with y'all on another awesome episode of Best Bits. It's Morgan here. And make sure before we dive into all the best bits of the week, you guys go check out part one with Amy. I did a little boomer test on her. Now, I know she's not a boomer, but I just wanted to see where she falls on it. And maybe you guys can test yourself on the boomer test, too. And we talked about our go-to girl dinners, which is a huge trend right now. And I recently bought a Nintendo Switch, so I need some gaming ideas. And I talk about the number one game that's been making me feel super nostalgic. Plus, we talked about some concerts we've been to, and it was just a whole lot of fun. So check out part one. But for now, let's dive in. You guys loved hearing this story because you love when Amy shares her mom moments. She got secondhand embarrassment when she was with her son at a Walgreens after somebody fell in the aisle. And there was a lot of laughter involved, and Amy was very uncomfortable. Number seven. What happened? We were at Walgreens, and this woman fell, and my son oh. started laughing. She was okay. Which, How, did she oh, trip or she slipped? She, she honestly just kind of slipped. It, it was a little, like, weird and funny because she kind of, like, flailed and then made this loud noise, and Luckily, she was okay, so it made me feel better about his laughter, but then it led to us having to have a conversation. about How, how close we were you to her when she fell? We were in the same aisle. Did she see you see her fall? I mean, I think she was just embarrassed. I don't, I know she heard my son laughing. So then I was mortified. How do you know she heard him? <laughs> because Stevenson's laugh is loud. Oh, he laughs loud, loud? Yes. And he's, I, listen, he's almost do 13. Do his laugh. Like she falls. Okay, I'll do a, I'll do a sound effect. And then you do what you can remember. Okay, I mean, this is like. just, this is my reenactment. Okay, so reenactment. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, like, no. I, I don't know. It, that's how Does it felt. Point? I mean, maybe it was like, it, it's just like, oh, you know, boys, he's almost 13. <laughs> I think we're we're past this stage, but, man, we're Look right in him. it. He's laughing. He thinks it's hilarious. Exactly. I mean, I still remember when I worked at Sam's Club, and there's a lady that it's raining outside, and she comes sprinting in because she doesn't get want to get wet. She has high heels on, oh, and no. she tries to stop on a dime. And I don't know if you, those floors at Sam's, they're like concrete and they just put some finish on it. So it's really slippery. And up she went, boom, right on her butt. Mm. And I mean, woo-hoo! I mean, mm. oh, I was laughing so I couldn't help it. 
Okay, rules of laughing. You first need to check and make sure that they are okay. Yeah, rules of laughing are there are no rules. You can't control it. You can't help it. It's you can't help it. It's just a rule. You just laugh. If somebody fell through a display once at Hobby Lobby, like See? one of the floor. I, I turned around and walked away because I did not want to laugh. Right. They like so. tripped and fell into it. It was a middle display. Okay. Boom. All fell down. They fell on top of it. That's what we would call thoughtful laughter. Hilarious. Uh... Well, we had zero compassion yesterday, yeah. uh, at least in the way I say we, my son. But as I get older, I don't like to watch people fall. Anymore. No. When I was like 22, hilarious. Now I'll see somebody fall, I'm like, ooh, I hope they didn't tear an ACL. It hurts, yeah. yeah it does hurt. So, Like, what about crashing into a fence? Like, if they're on a skateboard and they crash. I don't like watching pain anymore. Uh. Like, if we're watching America's Funniest Home Videos? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, still I don't really like that, though. Me. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like that. I don't Which, like needles going into stuff in movies or TV shows. I turn my head. I don't like when doctors do surgery on stuff and they cut on TV shows and movies. Or, and then I don't like when people fall. I don't mind ice, though, sometimes. Sometimes ice is funny. Ice is hilarious. Sometimes ice is funny. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's funny. Those are, they have a lot of those on AFV. Yeah, those are, uh, I can take a little bit of those. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. A hilarious moment on the show. Lunchbox finally shared his JFK conspiracy theory report. And honestly, it was really chaotic. It's only in the number six spot because I don't think I actually learned anything during this. I mean, I I heard a lot of words and there was a lot of wigs flying around the studio, but I don't feel like there was a lot of knowledge in this segment, but I still had to include it because y'all are going to get a huge laugh out of this one. Number six. Nobody had a reaction when Lunchbox said he got wigs from Goodwill Studio. Prepare for everyone to go home with wives, because what in the that's the that and underwear are the last things you buy from a secondhand <laughs> store, and nobody had a reaction. And I'm just like, love the show. Bye. I hear you. Bye. I I just was I guess so wrapped up in the fact that he kept asking for extensions and that he wanted to use wigs for the performance. That's a good point, though. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, JFK. He was assassinated. We were talking about conspiracies. Lunchbox had never heard of the assassination conspiracy. So we said, hey, learn it. And he keeps going, I'm not ready. I need wigs. Are you doing the report today? Yes or no? Well, oh my God. I mean, I can do it today, but I'm a little nervous. Yeah, but that's okay. Do you have wigs? I got wigs. Are they from Goodwill? Yes. We're not putting them on. What? We're not a part of your show, right? Only you are. No, no, only me. Good. I mean, one is from my house, but the other ones are from the Goodwill. Are you worried about that. lice? No, I didn't even think about that until she said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, let's welcome him up to the stage. I'm right. excited about this. Here he is walking up to the stage now. Where are your props, Carrot Top? Oh, they're right in the bag, man. Oh, he's got them. They ripped. <laughs> walking up to the stage now. Here he is, Lunchbox. Let's yeah. go, baby. All right. Okay, he's got a bag. It looks like a. Well, this a is gonna be tough. Grocery man. bag. You know why? Why? Because I'm gonna I'm to put it on over my headphones. That's okay. Take your headphones off. You don't have to hear yourself. Oh, I need to. I need to make sure you guys can hear me and what you're saying back to me. We can. We're in the same. Dude, room. You're standing three feet from me. Oh yeah, I can hear you. You're right. Yeah. So you, right. can, you can pull your headphones off for, for just right. for a minute. He likes to hear himself. I do like to hear myself. Okay, so go. How do you start the story? Well, I'm going to put on my wig. Oh, he's going to put a wig on to start? What wig is this? Oh. This is the JFK wig, man. All right, all right. Or no, maybe I should go without a wig. I should just be my normal hair for JFK and then wig it up for other people. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. That's just, I didn't even think about that. I thought I was going JFK wig. Well, just do, 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 do something. Wait, you haven't. You've had all this time. You've had literally like, a month. Yeah. Guys, it takes time to put on. Are a you performance. just doing a show? Have you ever been to the Broadway show? You think they put that on in a month? No. It takes six months to practice that. Bat yes. out of hell. We practiced for months leading up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Go yeah. ahead. All right, guys. Let's go back. November 1963. There's a little parade in Dallas, and there's this guy named JFK, John F. Kennedy. And he's riding in a convertible, and he's waving to people. He's What's the wa- F stand for? 
Don't know. What was the parade? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what the parade was yeah. for, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't Fourth know. Fourth of July, maybe? Yeah. No, it was November, dude, okay. so it couldn't have been Fourth of July. I Got know it. my stuff. Like, Got to okay? go. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Like, just think. Just take yourself back. Ann Coughlin, she was in the third grade. That's my mom. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. And Did so, you call your mom to help you with this report? No, no. She was just... <laughs> we, no, no. We were just talking about it, and she goes, yeah. I remember it. I was in the third grade, and Grandpa came to... Her dad came to pick her up from school, and, like, school shut down. And she remember watching the funeral on TV. But we're not there yet, guys. You don't even God, know he's right. going to die. I don't yeah. even have people's hair look yet. Yeah. So he's riding in the convertible. He's waving at everybody when all of a sudden. <laughs> You're asking for sound effects? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shots ring out. No. No. Shots ring out. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I knew when he pointed at Ray that was coming. No. Go ahead. No. But I, I feel it. I, I feel it. No. I understand what Go they're ahead. feeling now. Go ahead. Yeah. Too much. Shots ring out. Now he's putting wig on. It's a blonde, long wig. And they Mar- don't know who did it. Okay. And there's this guy, Lee Harvey. Marilyn Monroe? No. Lee That's Harvey Oswald. Like. Lee he's Harvey Oswald. He's blonde? up in like a library, a bookstore, and he's shot from the upstairs. Bam! And JFK is rushed to the hospital, and he dies. And they quickly arrest <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald, and that's it. Case closed, right? So then Lee Harvey Oswald is walking. He's being perp walked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden, right, hit it, Ruby. I have no idea what you're talking about. He just says no. You- no, he gunshots again. <laughs> He hit it. Boom! Boom! <laughs> Ruby! Out of nowhere! What's Ruby. this wig? It looks like a treasure troll. What uh, is that? <laughs> this is a wig! Ruby is waiting and in, in, in he assassinates Oswald. Who's and Ruby? He, yeah, exactly. Who is Ruby, Eddie? That's a great question. Ruby is like an associate of Oswald and he works in like, I don't know exactly who he is, oh boy, but oh they, they say that he, sh- he shot Oswald to shut him up because one of the theories is that bro, that is the CIA and everybody was behind it, and Ruby was worried that he was gonna, sh- that Oswald was gonna spill the tea, and so he said, "Ray, hit the guns again." No. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but they didn't know all this. They they think, oh, case closed. Oswald did it. You know, no big deal. But then there's this this uh, what do you call him? A prosecutor? Mm-hmm. A DA? New wig. He's blonde too. It's very yeah. similar to the blonde other hair. blonde wig. Long blonde hair. Straight, yeah. just straight though. Yeah, he's Fuck. from he's from like New Orleans or something, and he starts investigating, starts interviewing witnesses. It's like Fabio, and, and they're like, <laughs> Hair no, blown in the wind. it couldn't have been it couldn't have been Oswald because we heard gunshots from the grassy knoll. Mm. It's a hill over by the fence. They're like, I saw three to four gunshots, and I saw a guy run and get in a car, and there was a getaway driver. So then the theory is, oh my gosh, is there two shooters? And all these witnesses, they come forward and they tell their story. But did you know? That their testimony when they spoke to police was changed. They changed what they wrote, and they're like, no. And then all these witnesses, guess what they ended up doing? Ray hit the clip. They ended up dead, too. All these witnesses were dead. What? They got shot? How Wait, many? What? No, they didn't get shot. Every no, no, witness they, they were, died of a no, gunshot? No, a lot of these witnesses were turning up dead. Mysterious instances of them turning up dead. How many? Like six, seven. What? I know about that. All dying randomly. Mike, like, will you fact check this as it goes? Yes, I've never heard of there's that There's books one. about it. You can get a book about it. So then. He put another like, wig. Another wig. <laughs> He's got three wigs look exactly the same. He keeps putting on a different one. <laughs> They're all yeah, bleached blonde. shorter. This is Lady Gaga. <laughs> no. I mean, so I don't know. Listen, guys. <laughs> this one has a bow on top. There, there's there's, there, there's theories. That? The theories are that the CIA and the mob was behind it because Bobby Kennedy 
was coming down on the mob. And he was the attorney general at the time. And so they thought, okay, you want to come down the mob? Guess what the mobs do? Mob kills JFK. You better shut your mouth. And then Ken, Bobby Kennedy got yeah, killed too. Mm, yeah, shot too. I mean, in that, or they think it's to do with the Russians and Castro, and they, Oswald. We just jumped to different places. Fidel like, Castro and Russia, or Cuba. Yes, and the Russians. Okay. Like they think they had J. They killed JFK. Cuba and Russia together. Yes. Why okay. though? Why? Because he was trying to put some sanctions. Rah! Like batting down the hatches. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is crazy, and I don't know what to believe. But after all these witnesses turned up dead. Like I and, and the testimony was changed. I mean, guys, I, I, I'm worried that we got a conspiracy on our hand. <laughs> He's worried. <laughs> but here, and that's why I'm worried about talking about it because I'm worried the yeah, government's going to hear yeah, me. Yeah. But here's my only, wait, my books only about issue. It. Oh wait, did I use all my wigs? Yeah, it's but three of them look exactly the same. Yeah, well, I, this is all I got. got Who are you trying to be next? No, no, I, there's so many people. I can't tell you all their names, so the wigs are hard because there was so many people involved in this, and I am just shocked. That this happened, but I don't know if I believe there's a conspiracy because someone by now would have talked. When they're on their deathbed, they would have said, yo, we had him killed. But no one has said anything. And so I don't know what to believe. And so in conclusion... What- and, and, and another reason is they think that Oswald was a not a very good shooter, a marksman, and they had professionals go up and try it. And they're like, there is no way he could have been that accurate through the tree from the bookstore. And all these people talking about the grassy knoll and uh, a car driving out and speeding away. And man, it's just crazy. Did Harvey Oswald ever go to Russia? Yes, he went to Russia, dude. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you didn't say that. He, he could have been tied that. to yeah, Russia. You, you but but that, I kind of led you into that. But here's the problem. I think he was a spy for the USA in Russia. Double agent. Double agent because he goes to Russia and he's like, hey, guys, I want to be on your side. And I want to you know, give you secrets about the Americans. And the Russians are like, oh, you do? Oh, wait, Russian. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a red one. Oh. Yeah. Looks like the other. Yeah. Russian wig. Like the prosecutor. No, no, this was uh, this was Ruby. Uh, oh, got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ruby. Ruby. What's Ruby's first name? I, what? What's Ruby's first name? I don't know. Jack. Jack Ruby. Yeah. See, that's, I, I just go with last. There's too many names, mm-hmm. guys. There's way too many names in this conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so Oswald goes to Russia, right? Yeah. And it's like they think, oh man, he's defecting over to Russia, like he's becoming a Russian citizen. He's spying on America. But then he comes back to America and he's welcomed with open arms. It's like, huh. If he went to Russia, he'd be in trouble. So obviously the Americans sent him over there, and then he comes back, and he kills JFK, and they kill him to shut him up. I know less than I did before I started. I'm telling you, like, I no, felt no. like I had a pretty good grasp of what the theories are, but yeah. now I'm lost. It's like right. in A Beautiful Mind when he does all the picture things, but it's the opposite of that. Wait a minute. And, you guys did not enjoy that? Yeah, I yeah, enjoyed it. I need to know your theory, though. After all of your research, if you had to put money on one theory, do you think Lee Harvey Oswald... Like, all these hold on, let me ask you the question. Oswald was involved Do you with think him? Lee Harvey so- Oswald shot him just out of hating the president? Do you think it was the Russians slash Cubans? Do you think it was them covering up uh, the mob? Do you think it was the mob? That's what I'm saying, man. Which one is it? I think Lee Harvey Oswald and, and Jack Ruby... He killed Oswald, and they were thinking. They said, "Oh, it's because you wanted to shut him up. You were worried he was going to squeal on everybody." He was like, "No, it's just because I love my president." That was his excuse, and I'm not buying that. I'm not buying Ruby, but I think Oswald really just killed him because. So you think the conspiracies are all wrong? It is just one lone shooter, Lee Harvey Oswald. There's no grassy yes, knoll. Yes, there, there, there is no grassy knoll. Maybe people heard backfiring of cars or they heard the gunshots and they see smoke because cars are driving, so they think they see someone over by the fence. I, I don't know. 
Okay. I, I, but I feel like someone would have squealed already, so that's why I don't believe that the... Just think about how many people in the government would have to be involved to set up the assassination of Probably a president and Four. no one talks. Let me tell you about this. People c- kill all the time, and guess what they always have to do? People kill all the time? What? Did they they tell somebody. Yeah, they but like, can't w- shut w- up. The stat that like 40% of murders are never solved. Yeah. Right. Right, but most people tell somebody. <laughs> you you do something, and you're just like, I have to get this off my chest. At some point, someone tells somebody. What are all the you're witnesses tell that were me All these people live their whole life and have no regret about having JFK assassinated, and they don't tell a soul. But they I don't think go to a, therapy. It could have been set up by two people. They yeah. don't go to sure. therapy. They don't go to the, the priest. They don't go to, you know, confessional. No, I think that if it's as high up as oh, you're good. saying, then it's not as many people as yeah. you're thinking, and they've also likely been trained to, like, not yeah, we gotta say go. things. I appreciate Appreciate the effort into this. Ray just said break in my ear, which we've been going we've gone for a way long time. Wicks, wow. That one has bangs. Yeah. yeah. You look like a character from uh, Charlie Brown. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dude, I am so like intrigued. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on who did it. <laughs> yeah, who done it? Like who yeah, done it? A lot, like, a lot, I, I lot mean, of people. A lot of people have the same problem. Like scholars have the same problem. <laughs> like it is okay, so, thank it you, is Lunchbox. The, the ultimate yes, murder mystery of all time. Well, what, yeah, yeah. Bobby, what do you think? Who do you think did it? After, and he- I was scared after to hearing talk all about that, it. Bones. I was scared to talk well, about it because all these that, witnesses. I'm not even sure he's dead. But what I think before that <laughs> is that um, probably, the, I mean, probably the mob situation. There's a lot of theories about Sinatra. And Jane Ruby was a mobster. You, got, yeah, you forgot yeah, that, that part. Scott, but he said, no, I know, but he said, no, I just did it because I love my president. I know. We're going like, to have to hit the, buy that. the Oscars music on Lunchbox and, and wrap him off stage. Yeah. Well, I can't uh, hear th- him th- anyway. Thank you, Lunchbox. No, no, no. There he is. And he's out of here. Thank you. we got to go to commercial. All right. We'll be back in a minute, everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. There was some car drama on the show. Somebody is getting rid of their car. Some other people would like to buy it. And Lunchbox is mad at me. Yeah, let's just say it all involves a whole lot of cars and a whole lot of things happening at once. Number five. There's a car war going on up here. And so what's happening is Mike D is thinking about getting a new car after all these years. And so... You two are trying to buy it from him? Well, yeah. Uh, when he said, yeah, he wants a new car, both of us perked up. Like, wait, we're both looking for cars. But he wants... Mike, will you come to the microphone? So you're getting a new car because... I've had this car for 11 years. It has some issues now, and I don't want to put more money into it. I'd rather just get a new car. Okay. And so how did this come up a conversation? I don't even remember what I said. I think I just said I was thinking about getting a new car. Like, they jumped all over it? What are you doing oh, with your old yeah. car? And so why do you want it? Well, I mean, the Altima and I are not speaking right now. What's dead? I mean, yeah, hadn't started, and I haven't talked to her or tried her since then, so she's just been sitting there. Well, why not get something a little newer? Because you have kids, and that car's given you trouble for a long time, and you can afford it. Right. I just, I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't had time to go look at a car, and so I thought, oh, this would be a stopgap. Buy Mike's car for a couple hundred bucks, and then... A, cu- a couple hundred? That's well, no. No, no, no. Here's the deal. And then Mike tells me it's leaking. Mike said... I wasn't thinking about selling it. Like, I was just thinking about getting rid of it. What are you going to do? Leave it on the side of the road? I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but now that they two want it. But you can trade it in. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. How much are you going to give him for the car? That's what I'm saying. Let's make a deal. He said he was going to throw it in the trash. That's what he said. Okay, but now he's not. I'm his agent. And then he admitted that it's leaking and it has major problems. So now we're going to put more money into that. We'll rescue the car. We're rescuing. Okay, Mike, you pay them 100 bucks and they'll take the car. <laughs> I'm right. putting a Band-Aid on it. Okay, so, Eddie, how much are you willing to give for the car? Mm. $200. Lunchbox, do you go 250 I'd give him 250 
Two seventy five. Trade it in, Mike. They'll give you a couple thousand. Yeah, I, I can get more in there. Whoa, whoa, whoa! A th- couple thousand for his car? Yeah. No, no, his the radiator's leaking. He said it's, okay. a, it's not working. Like it is not like the AC is. He's out. not gonna get. Guys, you're not gonna trick him into giving you his AC's car. AC's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of know. cars, Lunchbox does not have a car right now, right? Yeah. Because he's not speaking with his Ultima apparently, and it's dead. It's dead, dead, or it's like. Are you just w- waiting for some miraculous thing to happen again? No, because like Amy said, power of prayer does not work. We've That's already not gone, what she we, said. We've already gone over oh this. Whatever. It's not what I and said. And so, like, it literally when I was when the, it first started, it would. I would start it and it would shake, but then it would start. And then all of a sudden, the check engine light went off and everything was great. Drove it for a few weeks. No problem. And then I came out the other morning and I tried to start it and and it was shake, but it won't start. And so then I just left her. But will it still shake even if you went today? Yeah, it'll shake, but it won't start. Like it rattles. So what are you going to do, though, is my question. I, I don't know, man. Like, I haven't had time to think about it. Like I, About your car? Yeah, it, it, I, I haven't you, had... You take naps every day for two and three hours. I haven't had time to process what it could mean if this is the end. Like, what do you think about when you ride your bike? <laughs> like, or you're on a run? Nothing. Like, I think I'm, when I'm on my bike, I'm... The lottery. Up. No, I think about, man, I'm going to beat this car. <laughs> you race the car? Heck yeah, I race You run them. faster than cars? That's what you think about the whole time? As I'm riding my bike, yeah. And as I'm running, oh, I'm it. like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so he doesn't have a car. So yesterday, or the day before yesterday, one of the days, Morgan was going to take Lunchbox home. Yeah, and then she just left me. Of course she did, because every time you ride <laughs> with her, left. she makes fun of you. That's a good point. No, he makes or, fun of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. So, yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a ride home. What's your version of the story, Lunchbox? Because she was like, hey, um, will you be on my podcast? And I was like, oh, yeah, then you'll have to give me a ride home. And she goes, oh, yeah, no problem. I think a 14 year old. And so she gets done with her podcast and then she just bails. <laughs> and I'm like, I come in here to get my computer and stuff and I go back out there and she's gone. And I'm like, cool. All right. So I did you a favor by appearing on your podcast and then you just peace out. Okay. That's your story. How'd you get home, by the way? Uh, I had to call my wife. Oh, no. Mom had to come get you? Yeah, she had to come get me. So I had to wait outside on the <laughs> you steps. You have nightmares at, at Timmy's house that yeah. your mom came and got you? I had to wait on the steps, and she came and got me in the back alley. You didn't want to Uber? I was cheaper. She comes and gets me. Got it. Morgan, what is your version of the story? Um, so, yes, he was on my the podcast, which is the show podcast. Everybody takes oh, time yeah. to do it. It's not her podcast. It's, yeah. this, it's a show. I mean, it's, it's her podcast. podcast. Uh, it's hosted by Morgan <laughs> right, is what it's right. called. Okay, and, but still it's on the, this feed, but go ahead. And I did tell him I would take him home, and I purposely <laughs> left without him. And that's funny if you did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, oh. because I didn't want to drive him home. I didn't want to get criticized again for my driving, and I was like, well, I'm just not drive taking like you a, home. Drive like a normal adult and not check your emails as you're driving or hit curbs, and we will have no problems. Okay, but here's the thing. I... It's hard. Man, the judge is having trouble here. Because- hey, no, the judge, the judge. Guess what? Next time she asks me to be on her pod, yeah, I'll be here at 6 a.m. You know, I'll be 6 a.m. Saturday. We'll, we'll do that pod. Just won't show up. If we're going to do that, we're going to play that game. Uh-huh. So I think that's a game you guys should play with each other. I like that. Thank you. Constantly set each other up and then let each other down. <laughs> you want me to come up here at 2 o'clock? Yeah, just wait for me. If I'm late, just lay, wait a little bit longer. So right. balls in your court, Lunchbox, and how you handle it next. Thank you. He does make fun of you a lot, Morgan, but maybe you, did, you don't say you will take him home and then don't. <laughs> but I wanted to get him back for, like, all the crap he's talked on me no, no, driving, no, 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 and he it, he was like, oh, he just assumed that I had nothing else to do, he's been and very, I would take him home. Been, no, no, I asked. And she said yes. Yes. Did you say yes? <laughs> I did say Okay. <laughs> See, that's so what I'm saying. It's like, funny, <laughs> but I have to side with Lunchbox on this yeah, because you tough. did tell him you were going to take him home. You went down to his level, Morgan. Yeah. But it's a fun level to be on. <laughs> but you say I, cri- I, I make fun of your driving. Okay. It's Lunchbox, you're you- up. You thank you. You're up. I'll stop because I'm already. I already won the case. So there I don't you go. Keep you won the case. <laughs> we all we all understand why she did it. 
but you're up, and you get one back, and then your guys are done. Okay. Okay? Cool. But you can't physically hurt her. What? I would never do that. Okay. Well, he doesn't get one back. He doesn't? Yes. No. He does. Yeah. This was me getting my one back. Yeah. He didn't do anything. What did I do wrong? I I told about instances in her car when she messed up driving. Yeah, I already gave you multiple rides for those to happen. Yeah. Just don't hurt her. I don't steal anything from her. Would never steal. Never hurt. Mm. (laughs) Never hurt. Did you get one? I get one. You get one. Okay. Hey, just watch your back. Never know. Wash your back. Wash your back. Hey, wash your back. (laughs) You never know when it's coming. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Super exciting news for Abby. Bobby asked her to open for two of his Wichita shows. She's super excited about it, and she has to find a guitar player. So if you are in Wichita and you know a guitar player... Hit her up. She's looking for one. But it's super exciting news. You're going to get to hear that whole moment and segment kind of happen right here. And by the way, if you want to see Bobby on his tour, the tickets, bobbybones.com, they're right there. You can easily purchase them. Make sure you see him while he's out. Who knows when he'll go back on the road. So be sure to see him now. Number four. I love when someone on the show has a big breakthrough. 
like even within themselves. Abby says she has found her purpose in life, and I'm super excited about this. You went skydiving, yes. And now you think you're a different person. Uh huh. What's your per- What's your new purpose in life? Like to give back more. That's what you, you got know? from skydiving. Yeah. Like, like I just feel like there's more out there to help others than ex- just like ex- myself. Will you explain to me how you got there? Because I love it. Okay, so like after, once you first jump out, it's just like hectic and crazy and you feel like you got hit in the face. The airplane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But then when you pull the parachute, it is just like the most peaceful thing ever that there's there's no sound. There's nothing you can hear. It is just, you're just floating. And I was like, I can actually do good instead of just like everything around me. We think that the wall, like the world revolves around us. And I'm like, it really doesn't like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I love that you I mean, got. You. I love ourselves. that you got there. Yeah. It was just the parachute part of that. Why do you think that is? Like connected to, because I've gotten to some places too that doesn't make sense how I got there. We all get to places differently. Is it because you felt so free, or you felt like I don't know that was like an advantage that you had about everybody can't skydive, or is it because you had no control? You know, what? what is it? I think it's just like a different perspective, the way you see it, that you're on top of everything and you're just looking down. Mm. It, like, it's hard to describe. You know, I when I'm said. flying, sometimes just in an airplane, yeah. I look down and I'm like, every single one of those people down there and every one of those houses and every one of those cars has just a complex, as much complex life as I do. Oh, yeah. Every single one of them. And every single one of them has something that's going on that ain't very good in their life right now. And they got something going on that's awesome the same way that I do. Very and, interesting. And they could use help. And they could also give help, but I, I, I do that, right? That like a s- really bad sociological experiment in my head that never actually happens. I just think about <laughs> it, you know, I'm just like everyone, but then I land and I'm like, back to me being selfish. <laughs> yeah. So, but I like that. And has, has it, uh, inspired you to actually do something? Yes. Well, I'm in the process. <laughs> I don't really know what, but like to translate, it's kind of like, you know how, when you're looking up at the sky and you look at the stars, and you realize we are just like a grain of sand. Uh, this is me every day. You think that every day? Every day. Oh, God. Uh, you guys are crazy. Every day. Huh. I you think have too of, much time on your hands. Exactly. No, no, no. I need more time to think about this more. <laughs> but I think about this. And I think about how small we are and what we don't know. Not what I do know, but what I don't know. Good for you. And that there's just more out there. Instead of just living day by day, get up every day, do the same thing. There's just... You got to find your purpose. Every night I go to bed or I take the dogs out. I do it again. I take the dogs out every night. And I'm like, oh, here's another night. And eventually this turns into 500 nights, which turns into 10,000 nights, which turns into me being dead. Oh, my gosh. Mm. No, I don't think about that. And I don't want all these nights. To be wasted. Yeah, I was going to say I don't want this night to end. That's a song. I (laughs) I don't want these nights to. But I do that, too. And then after I go back inside and I get sleepy and then I'm back to being selfish. And so, but. Yeah, it's good. Good that that's your thing. So, but what do you want to do? Because I, I mean, I'd love to help you if you do decide what it is that you want to do. Yeah. You have to decide right now. But is it help turtles, <laughs> humans, humans probably, and dogs? There's so much I want to do. Mm-hmm. There's not enough. Time. I would just encourage you not to want to do so much that you can't do anything. Because mm-hmm. if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That's so, true. <laughs> so find your one. Yeah. Get your starter. Focus on it mm-hmm. and do that. Okay. Okay. I'll let you know when I think. Yeah. I have a what? suggestion. If she wants to help people. Oh, no. Oh. What? No. He, okay. You asked what? Abby, I wasn't going to. She <laughs> asked what? Lunchbox, go ahead. Yeah. You can babysit my kids for free. That's oh, helping no, out. That's that that's is helping not you. what I had. That but that's helping people out. <laughs> How's home? Wichita good? Uh, yeah. Do, how often do you go back? Um, 
Not very often. Only if I have a special occasion. But I'm going home for a wedding. When? This weekend. This coming weekend. How hard is it to get there from here? It's very difficult. Yeah. Because all the flight times you go through like St. Louis and it's either 530 in the morning or 10 at night. Do you so. want to come and do a few songs in the Wichita shows? My Wichita shows? What? <gasps> really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? You can come and open the shows. We have... You already Car- have we have Carter yeah. Faith, who's going to be like the my main support. But if you want to come and open the show and do like three songs, you should come and do it. So I find a guitarist. That's a, all. That's up. To, all yeah. that's up to you. Okay. You don't I'll get do paid that. though, Abby. You're I'll not getting that. paid. No, you get paid. I'll pay you two hundred bucks a show. What? But you got to donate that money because you're all about no. a new purpose. No. <laughs> you're all about a new purpose. I may do that. I Help someone Maybe out. She you, will. Do you want to come? You can do three songs each, and I'm doing two two theater shows up there. You ever played in that theater? No, no. You I've never be- even been. No, they won't they wouldn't let you in. My voice. They wouldn't let you they won't let you type in. <laughs> no. No, that's like iconic. Like there's the Orpheum Theater? Yeah. Yeah. That was in what's his name, that music video? Um, Craig Morgan. Well, if background. you want to come and open those two shows on August eleventh and twelfth, I'd love for you to come and do three songs each show. I'll do that. You'll yes. do that? Okay, there she is, Abby. Thank you. You're welcome. The if you guys are listening and you want to come watch Abby. The Saturday night show is already sold out. There are still tickets left for the Friday night show at the Orpheum. Just go to bobbybones.com. They're up there, and it'll be awesome. It's it's your home show. Yeah. But I'm not going to be up there with you this time. Now there's Eddie. Like, this oh, is dang. you. Okay. It's all you, okay. You've done it with us before, but you come and yes. sing with our band. Right. This is you. You got you have to find a guitarist, but I'll pay you. How much guitar do I pay her? 200. You said 200 a show. I'll pay you 200 no. a show. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm okay. down. I'm right. down. She's down. Okay, there she is. Abby, everybody. Wichita. She's changed her life. She's given back. She parachuted. She's but, a whole new person. Like, this is cool, too, because I think it's an, it's an example of Abby sharing her heart and how she wants to give back, and she has, she's going to work on that, and then, boom, you swoop in, and, you know, she gets rewarded oh, in a way. I know. Do you want to this? What? Yeah. Heart. You got <laughs> yeah. No, but you Thank see you. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> she's putting good energy out there and she's receiving. Abby good always things. has good energy. Abby's like the greatest energy of the whole room, which is why everybody's like, Lunchbox, stop. It'll fade away. What will fade away? Yeah, her energy's been strong for years <laughs> at this Walmart. point. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Jordan Rogers came on our show this week and it was a really great interview. So maybe you know him from The Bachelorette, which he shared a story about why he got on that show to meet his now wife. And he also talked about his most embarrassing viral moments because he works for ESPN and he calls games. And well, there's just a lot there. So a lot of sports talk also happened. Number three, it's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know, his name is Jordan Rogers. First of all, he won The Bachelorette way back in the day, 2016. And they're still together. They were married. Look at this. Congratulations. I mean, everybody knows. Uh, Secondly, he has a show called The Big D. It airs Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on USA Network. It streams the next day on Peacock. And so it's a committed relationship show. He also was a quarterback at Vanderbilt. He was real good. He signed a contract to play the Jags, the Bucks, the Dolphins, uh, NFL. There's a lot here. Let's talk to him now. Here he is, Jordan Rogers. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Jordan Rogers. Jordan, do you sing at all? Oh, that's a... Like, do you sing well? No, I don't. I sing passionately. I like that. Like, yeah. church would say, make a joyful noise. You do that, but I you feel don't like sing I can, well. I can sing, like, a good soundtrack, really. Like, you give me Aladdin soundtrack, I'll nail it. 
But not, you never wanted to be a country singer or any kind of singer at all? No. no. I asked that because he's an athlete, he's good looking, he's talented. All those guys end up coming over here. Oh, yeah. Like Sam, we could Chase, they're all like superstars. That is true. I didn't get that. And that I thought, G. maybe Jordan's going to come in and announce his country music <laughs> career today. No, look, I wanted to play drums in high school, so I got a drum set and I sucked. Never did it. Mute, no music at all? Well, you know, I was a, uh, I found my way in as a extra in an acapella group in Pitch Perfect 2. I saw that. So yeah. technically, if you want to say <laughs> I have sung on a number one soundtrack on yeah. iTunes, I like to throw that one in there. Just He's got to, a number one record. Here he is. Right. There we go. Thank you. There he is. Thank, Thank you. you. I want to talk about your show, uh, The Big D, because very interesting because you're taking divorce couples <laughs> and putting them together. Yes. And then it's like, it's like divorce couples but also Temptation Island at the same time because they can also get with other people too. It's all the islands of reality TV mixed together. Yeah. How did they come to you about this show? So we got pitched the idea and our first reaction, me and JoJo, because at the time when we filmed, we were still engaged, about to get married. We're like, we're not divorced. We've never been divorced. <laughs> we're about to get married. Are you sure we're the right ones? Um, and as we kind of dove into their plan for the show, because we've done a few reality shows, I actually was really attracted to the craziness of it. We're reality TV show junkies. We love them all. So the, the, the train wreck of what you would expect when you move in a bunch of divorced couples into a villa. Um, but we have a relationship coach there. And really the focus is kind of on closing a chapter, a chapter, finding healing, dating again, getting to a place where you can have a healthy relationship with your ex or a place where you're like, wait, maybe we ended this a little too soon. So we're the ones that are like, hey, this is a crazy TV show, but we fell in love on TV. I know it's weird, but it can work. So that was kind of how it happened. We're like, yeah, we'll do it. Like, and it's really, it was really, really fun show. It's starting to get really good now. We're about halfway through the season. It's on Peacock, obviously streaming. If you need to catch up, it's on USA Network every Wednesday night. But it's wild. Wednesday nights at nine. So it was on last night, but you can also stream it on Peacock today. Uh, Amy's recently divorced. Any chance season oh. two? <laughs> Like, why was I sitting here thinking, like, oh, I'm about to get called out for this? Well, no, it's Does not that sound out. like the worst thing? Like, in your mind when you heard there's like, I would never do that. No, I mean, I instantly went to, okay, wow, what if some of these couples don't have access to a, a therapist or a coach yeah. and signing up for something like this? Are you the therapist on the like show? A, no, but okay. I will say a couple times I kind of had to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like not licensed. <laughs> like a Hail Mary for them, and they have tools and resources, but of course, drama as well. Uh, but season two for me, no. You're going to say no on that? Well, no, because you have to be almost <laughs> divorced, right? Or you're totally divorced. Totally divorced. No, legally oh, divorced. Back. Yes. So <laughs> but you but you're right. Like the interesting part was seeing some of these couples and we did the whole like they walked up on the beach to meet each other the first time, right? And did they know that they're gonna see their divorced? Person? I think so. Okay, yeah, I think they it. knew that they were doing the show. Um we get into it, some we add divorced couples because we bring singles in. They didn't know their ex was maybe going to come in. So the first group Yeah, that's knew. what I'm saying. Oh, got the it. second got it, got group it. did not know that their ex was going to show up. But what I love is a couple of the singles divorcees showed up and they were like, I want nothing to do with you. We're good, but like I'm single, I'm ready to date. And then you start to see that little bickering and they realize that, wait, 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 like, why did we divorce? Like that wasn't that big of a deal. We just didn't know how to talk through this issue. Or one of the couples, one of my favorites, Devin and Alexa, were divorced for years and their mom was really heavily involved, too, probably too involved in their relationship. And they start to talk that through and realize we weren't really the issue. It was kind of the outside noise that got to our relationship and they're starting to figure out maybe it's not over yet. So you're saying that there's a chance that some people get back together. You're a yes. chance. There's a chance. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And they've been divorced for years. Years. Did some of them have kids? Yes. Wow. 
Amy. That's cool. You get some of your stuff back. Yeah. yeah. Half of it. Yeah. 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 Stuff. The other half. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I did lose half. Uh, so, um, you know, it makes me think too, like as a kid, I come from a divorced home and- what if your parents went on this show? Uh, well, yes. That would be weird, right? If you're like 14 and your parents are... Right. Like, I would be mortified, but yeah. at the same time, like, that's all we ever wanted. Like, me and my sister, when we were little, we'd just be like, oh my God, it'd be so cool if, like, mom and dad got back together and, like, how cool if that this helps someone make that happen. No doubt. And uh, just, you know, maybe a little teaser, but it's happening mm-hmm. right now. If you're, if you're looking into watching, tune in because... There and is love brewing with a rekindled relationship. You know what else this makes me think of? People watching. And so if they're watching couples on TV be able to come back together and work, like they may not even have to go on this show to have that happen. It may make them be like, maybe I should, like, maybe we could book a counseling session or let's go to therapy or like, maybe we need to revisit this. Yeah, you're acting like people watching USA Reality TV is going to make a really wise decision about counseling. Well, okay, or calling them, <laughs> yeah, like, or it makes them think, yeah, like, like, oh, it. we fought over something silly I like, like that. And I do that. Me yeah. and JoJo sit and watch reality TV, and we're like, oh, yeah. yeah but do you ever go, we should really go with a therapist after you're watching. <laughs> I say that, but in a, I mean, listen. Well, I mean, it might, I'm just saying it might rekindle other I like people. It. Like, it's positive attitude. And they don't have to go on the show. Amen. I think most of the time yeah. we sit there and go, yeah, we're not that bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I watch it, to go like, oh, I'll never do that. Or I'd be so much better at that than them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the while we watch reality TV. Totally. Um, so, a, a, so by the way, everybody, it's Wednesdays at 9 Central on USA Network. Um, streams on Peacock. The episode from last night is up today. Let me ask about this because you went to Costa Rica and I just want to compare because I'm about to be really irritated. I did a show for USA. We went to Costa Rica. We lived there for six weeks and it was in the middle of COVID. We lived in a terrible hotel. We had to live with all the crew. It was awful. It was Mike D went. We did the radio show from there every day. Awful. Please tell me your experience was awful. Yes. Okay, good. All right, we're good. We'll move on. I was about to get real upset. We were excited too, but it was still COVID. It was 2021, late 21. So we we were locked in the hotel and we weren't in the hotel. We were at the kind of like house across from the cast house Mm -hmm. where we kind of had the setup and we couldn't really do much. So it wasn't super fun because- it was. You, it you was. Kind, fun. You, you were kind of miserable. A little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel good that he was also kind of miserable. Uh, but but also because we were so confined, Doctor Jada, the relationship coach on the show, we got so we got our therapy. We like we get every single day. If she decided to send me a bill for that, I probably couldn't afford so it. So you guys utilized her because she was there too. Yeah, we're That's just awesome. in the green room awesome. talking, and we're like, hey, we're about to get married, you know? Like, uh, and Jojo would be like, hey, so Jordan, he um, he's not a good communicator. <laughs> What? <laughs> Costa Rica is awesome, though. It the is. The people are so nice, and I haven't spent a lot of time in South America. And we flew down, and there were people on the streets with machine guns. And it scared me at first because I thought, what's going to happen here? I realized, first of all, they don't have a military in Costa Rica. They're a friendly country, no military. But they're just trying to stop cars coming through running drugs. They're not trying to stop us. Mm. They're try- if people I remember are- seeing the trucks like in the back yeah. of the pickups and the guys, and I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, what's about to happen here? <laughs> but it was really because people were driving from, you know, Panama, going up through Costa Rica, and they were just trying to catch, stop those cars that were running drugs, hmm. which the people were so nice. I just remember my, we stayed at a, what, what hotel? Hilton Garden Inn by the airport. Oh, wow. Not really what you want to do in yeah. Costa Rica because it's not the experience <laughs> that you really are told about. What's their saying? Like, oh, Pura bueno. Vida. Pura oh, Vida. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Pura as a Vida. really white guy from Arkansas says, Pura Vida. <laughs> yes. Pura Vida. You guys watch uh, The Big D, which, by the way, when they tell you that's the name of the show, you giggled a little bit, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. That well, I, I honestly had not heard of it yet. And when you sat down, Bobby's like, so you're hosting The Big D. And I was like, I didn't know it was before. Well, I was the, like, what show is this? The best was, if I can have a 
10 second story. The best was we did an Instagram live kind of promoting the show a few weeks ago. And you know, when someone pops up in your thread and they want to join. And so a name pops up, Dr. Jada wants to join. We're like, hey, we're talking about the show. Yeah, let's bring her in. Brought her in. And it was a naked dude that had hijacked our Instagram live and was dancing everything right in front of the camera. So great built-in marketing for the <laughs> so big D. So was the big D or the little D jumping in? <laughs> it was, the marketing was on point. Was it the little? Oh, the wow. big D was. That was the big D. Oh, yep. yeah. Okay. USA probably set that up. <laughs> and we learned a lot about our relationship because I froze and Joe was like, oh, oh, wait, how do I get this off? How do I get this off? <laughs> so people that are on a live when it gets, you know, flashed like that, mm-hmm. I guess, what do you call it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyone watching just, they all see, like, so if yes. there's like, kids on there yes. or that is and we found out crazy. this person is like a serial does this and so like he hacks makes fake names and then, somehow don't know how he does it or did he create a fake I, account that's almost like dr jada i think that's what he does and we're just in the moment see it all you mm-hmm. see is like the name like oh yeah bring her in it said dr jada <laughs> definitely parentheses definitely not that a guy's wiener and he's like jada. all right i'm clicking yeah. that one um so you have like the greatest job because you get to do shows like this but you also get to work for ESPN yeah. and you get to, I, I was watching, I watch all of them and I was watching you fly in once and I guess you guys had a sponsorship with wheels up. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, and now flying in, were you really on the plane they were filming or are they just filming that? No, they're like, here's Jordan flying in on wheel and <laughs> they're showing the plane land. Sometimes not, but you're talking about at Arkansas, right? Probably. Yeah. So in Arkansas, the tightest turnaround I've ever had, cause we finished our show at noon. I had a three 45, three 30 kick something in Arkansas. I landed at like two forty seven, and where you land is where I can see the stadium. Right. So that one, they actually were filming the plane. Cause they were like, is he going to make it? Like I had to like quick change in the plane and go straight to the stadium, straight to the field, and we kicked. How is that going into a game with all the knowledge you need to have about that week's game versus all the knowledge you needed to have while you were playing a game? Very similar. Uh, not quite, right? It was a lot more pressure when you're getting hit. But I will say the thing I like about calling games on TV is that, to me, I kind of get a little bit of that rush again because I'm prepping for all this stuff, and I don't know what's going to happen. So I kind of get to re react as things happen. There's an anticipation for me, but... I appreciate that I don't wake up on Sunday with, you know, in pain and uh, getting hit every day when I make a mistake. So I make a lot of mistakes on TV and people just hit me on Twitter and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, have you had any <laughs> clips go viral oh, where you have said something dumb? Yes. Because I have a 10 million, but I wonder, do you and do they still live? And what's, your, what's the one you're most embarrassed about? Yeah, one is still making the rounds from last year. So we did a South Carolina game in Columbia and they had, at the same time, they have the state fair right there, literally almost outside the stadium. And so kind of the whole show or the whole game, our, uh, our truck is kind of doing cutaways of the carnivals and the food and everything. And they're doing like a pan of these giant corn dogs and <laughs> kind of in a, uh, I thought I was being funny, but I don't think it landed that. I was like, Oh, talk to me, dirty corn dog <laughs> in that voice too. <laughs> what were you thinking? Kind of not remembering I'm on ESPN. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So that one lives forever, but also we ended up running food up to the booth and on our little peep cam in the, uh, in the booth, I have just a giant foot long corn dog. And let me tell you, there's no graceful way to go at that first bite. Yeah, it's tough. Anything I've learned So that too, lives on the internet forever as well. If you open your mouth real wide for anything that's a bit phallic, they can, it, they can Photoshop anything in. I did. So yeah. now they mesh together the right. talk to me dirty corn dog yeah. and then that shot and... <laughs> Yeah, there you tough. go. That, that'll live forever. People don't forget. What's the preparation like before you do a game? What are you actually learning other than the players' names? Um, well, so I'm just a, a junkie for football. I love it. So in talking to coaches, 
they don't give you much, right? They, they give you a little bit. So I like to just watch games. And I kind of understand the concepts that maybe a team will want to run, what they're good at, and then I understand the defense as well. So in my mind, I'm trying to prepare like a coach. Arkansas is good at this. What is this defense going to run to stop that? And then so in the game, I kind of want to show that to fans. Like, here's what this defense is going to have to do to stop K.J. Jefferson on this play, this type of play. Whether they're doing it or not, I'm going to tee that up and then let the game kind of take over. So I treat it like I'm a coach because I that's what I'm used to. I'm used to prepping like that. So it is a lot of you got to make sure you know everybody's name because someone's mom and dad are watching. And if they get a catch, you know, they want to make sure you say their name and have a little something about them. So that's part of it. But also, I like my job on TV. I hope I teach a little bit of football. I don't want to talk like a like a Ph.D., but I want to teach a little bit of football so people that are watching kind of go, oh, that's why they did that, or oh, that's what that's called. When you're quarterback at a Division One school like Vanderbilt in the SEC and you're just walking around campus, is life awesome? Because I just got to imagine. Well. It'd be, I mean, when you are the quarterback and you look like you do, and it was just, I would just imagine life's like the greatest. Well, you've been in Nashville for a while, right? I have, but so still. Vandy's not, hasn't been great. So but, I will say other schools that may have been cooler. It was still, I mean, yeah, you we, we did well when I was at Vandy. So it was fun, but I will say it's academics and sports. At least it was back then. So, um, so yeah, but it, it's not like Alabama walking around as a quarterback, you know, Bama bangs and all. When you went to Vandy, so you went to junior college before yeah. Vandy. When you were deciding on where to go, did you have other offers? Like yeah, Division I did. One offer? Why did you pick Vanderbilt? So I picked Vandy because they were really bad. And I was like, I want to go to a bad team in the SEC. Um, no, you know, I was, I had aspirations of wanting to play in the NFL. And I was like, where can I go that I can show that I can play at that level? Like I, I had other offers to go play in other conferences. And I was like, I want to go play against the best. Because even if we're a bad team, but I show that like I can play against SEC defenses, I can have some success. Then I think that'll give me the best opportunity to play at the next level. So and then Nashville, I visited, and Nashville wasn't bad. So I was like, this will be fun. I lived at home in junior college. I was ready to get out. I Where did you almost go? Uh, so Washington was on the table late. Um, and then as smaller schools like Western Kentucky was on the table, and there was a couple others, um, Mac schools that were there that had good opportunities. I will say Vandy wasn't the best opportunity because they had a starting quarterback. Um, but I was like, yeah, we'll see. But if, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you have like didn't you have a winning record at Vandy? When you were here? Yeah, we you're won nine, like games right. for, nine games for the first time in 97 years at Vandy when we were there. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was, we got a chance to do That's something that I'm saying. That like he's also done. winning. He's the quarterback. <laughs> he, they're winning. You just like have it. So why in the world, and I say this as somebody who's done it as well, so I ask you this in the most uh, complimentary way. Why would you go on The Bachelorette? It's a great question. Because you, your life is just going in a great, it looks like it's all happening for you. Why would you do that? I, it was the most, I'm very spontaneous. It was honestly the most spur of the moment decision I've ever made. Um, and I, ne- I wasn't someone that watched the show. I'd never watched. I knew what it was, obviously, because I dated people. That, oh, hey, the Bachelorette's on. Cool. Um, but I literally got a call from a producer. Oh, here's a, this is actually a, a good story. They start filming like in the middle of March. End of February, I get a call from my agent, my sports agent, because I was doing radio at the time. Hadn't been doing TV yet. She's like, hey, Fox is doing a dating show. They kind of want an ex-athlete. Would you be interested? I'm like, maybe I'm single. Give me some information. A couple weeks later or a week later, my agent calls. Yeah, they went with someone else. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. A producer on that show was married to a producer on The Bachelorette. So they passed my name along. I got a call from a guy named Bennett, who's one of the executive producers on The Bachelor. And he's like, hey, have you ever heard of the show? Yeah. He's like, well, are you single? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, 
I got a pretty cool girl. Um, you could come and it could be fun for a couple weeks. And at the worst, you get to travel a little bit and have fun. I'm like, all right, sounds fun. Like I'll do it. So I didn't go through any of the casting, the, they fly 55 guys out in January, cut it down to 25. I was a part of no of that. None of that. I said a week before we started filming, sure, I'll show up. And then you get there and there are all these other dudes. Cause you, I mean, even if you don't know the show, you then learn the show kind of totally. quick. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd never, when I did Dancing with the Stars, I never watched the show except for like little clips. But then I tried to st- even study it, right? Yeah. So, but you get there and do you strategize? And also, are they intimidated by you? Because again, you're just freaking starting quarterback at Vanderbilt. I would have been intimidated. <laughs> I will say it, the intimidating part is you walk into the mansion night one, right? And I was actually one of the last limos, even though on the show, I'm the first one to step out. I was in the last limo. So everybody was already there when I showed up. I was one of the very last ones. You walk in, you look around and you go, it's a bunch of good looking dudes. You know what I mean? And um, so the so strategy- I in this room every day with all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel every day. Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think the strategy I started to, I wasn't like strategizing, but I started to notice that everyone was like panicking for time and attention. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the one that kind of just sits back and just waits. And I found that if I waited, especially in these big group environments for the last opportunity to talk to her, I got the most time because it was kind of, they weren't trying to make sure everyone had time. So I would kind of just sit around and wait, but also Jojo got pissed because she's like, I don't, this guy doesn't even like me. Like he doesn't even want to spend time with me. He doesn't even care. He's not, he's not, you know, coming to find me and just like, Hey, I'll wait. I'll sit and wait my turn. But it actually ended up working pretty well. So I'd say that was kind of the strategy that I had is just like, don't be over eager. Cause I think it come to, came off like kind of bad. What's been cool about your career is I don't even think about you as being a bachelorette person. I mean, and everybody you kind of assigned to something, but you've been able to do so many things successfully. It's like some of these artists that come in that, that have blown up on TikTok, but then they've really launched a career outside of that to show yeah. that they are real. Like, I don't really think you as the bachelorette. Dude. I appreciate that. You're in the minority. Really? Well, I guess I, I mean, I guess I watch a lot of sports, so I guess I just yeah. see but most people know you as that. I think so. Still, yeah. That's how. I'm big, big yeah. D guy. I'm big, that's, big D. I'm, there's, that's okay. I'm like, there's Jordan for the big D when I see him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, but I mean, I don't think it's bad. Oh, I, I, I just, yeah. I don't know that you're, but you seem to have like some that we we know of. It's like they don't, they're holding on tight to it. You know, like they right. need it. Like they're like, oh, this is like my last like claim to fame, even though they were on it years ago and they right. haven't really done much. So but I don't know. I see you so you're as like. He's the only one with talent ever on the show. I agree. No, I'm not saying <laughs> no. that at oh, all. Oh, oh, oh. I, I think say, there's yeah, yeah. women and men that have been a yeah. part of it that have like they're clearly talented outside of just trying to get on there. And you didn't even have to fill out an application. Like you didn't even. They sought you out. What percentage? They did of, the STD test on you though? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You're t- He's like, everything. I didn't even do the STD test. <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I'm kind of okay. like, wait, actually, I, maybe I should watch this show. What am I doing? What, what, what am I signing up for? Well, what percentage of the guys there? Like, I'm thinking if I'm a guy that filled out an application, like really wanted to be there, and I find out this guy comes in last minute. And but I don't just, think you talk about applications. Yeah, there. I don't think they knew that. Yeah. How many pages you fill in your application, John? <laughs> uh, it's three. What about you? None. I don't think that conversation happens. I know it probably doesn't. Did they find out now that you were brought in last minute by? A, well, obviously the story's out there, but you know what I mean. Like that. Was would be yeah I don't like, know that guys I don't know we'd care oh well, I would think they would be favoring you because they're like oh we so got I, this guy I just always think how crazy that is right I mean she's it's my wife now yeah right I mean that's it's it's weird like every now and then we'll just be sitting and go watching a show we're like we like that we mm-hmm. met doing something like this like cool. how dumb is that can you <laughs> like, see when people come up to you I can and I can always tell if it's somebody who listens to the radio show or watched American Idol or dance this is an age yes. and demographic for whom can you tell when they're coming up what they know you from 100%. Yeah, and it's mostly it's interesting cuz the 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 guy it's it's interesting to watch the like 
the 30, 40 year old man that his wife like is not with him, but he's like, Oh, uh, Hey, uh, my, 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 can I get a picture for my wife? And it's really funny, but there's a definitely a demographic like in when I'm traveling for football, it's still about 90% of people that are like, I saw you on the bachelor. That's crazy. It's still that. Yeah. Well, and they're like, Oh, well, you know, I see you on football too, but you know, I, I like, I know you from the bachelorette. I'm like, that's awesome. What's been the key? Because you guys were both public. You still are both public, but What's been the key to having a successful relationship and then marriage when everything is public and what to keep private? Like, what have you guys prioritized? That's the hard, that was the hardest part. I mean, we were, we were very open that our first year was bad. Like we just, you know, you come off a show and what people don't realize about that show is you are never not on camera. Like you don't get any conversations that aren't like on camera. So you have to make sure you're authentic. But I think we never had to go through adversity on a reality show. We never had to get back to real life and have a bad day and then figure out how to have like a conversation after that. So our first year, we just didn't know how to communicate. So we would be in an argument and we're speaking different languages and it would just escalate, escalate, escalate. And then we'd just be like, well, okay, let's move on. Forget about that and, and try to go look like we're happy because you're under a spotlight where everyone's expecting you to be happy all the time and have this amazing relationship. So there was a lot of pressure to go like, Hey, we're working through a lot of stuff, but we need to like, like look happy. Right. Cause like we, we don't want to let people down. Like there was a weird pressure about that. So I think we got to a point about a year in where we're like, F this, like we either got to do this because we want to be together and not that we were staying together because of anything, but it's just like, we got to actually work at this. Like, it's not just going to be brushing stuff under the rug. We got to lean in, work at this relationship or I love you. You love me. It's just not going to work. And so we kind of chose the first path and said, okay, this is it's going to take work. It's going to take a realization that um, we're not perfect and that we have a lot of issues that we just need to like address head on instead of going, hey, we're happy, hey, photo op, cool. Um, so that was kind of how we we did it. We were like, hey, we're going to be more open about the fact that it's not easy and it's not all rainbows and butterflies after a reality show. It's actually very hard. You're in a spotlight. You're not prepared for it. So I think just the the realization internally and then also just not being afraid to say that was big. Hard for me. And I... My wife is a very private person, but it was hard for us to, I've been married two years, never been married before, never been engaged. So it's, it's, it is work. I never understood when people said it is work to be married. For me, it's work to remember to put someone at least equal, if not more than myself. Like it's to, cause I've been so, and I'll just use the word selfish cause I've just been a self, I've been the son in the solar system, my own solar system. Right. It is such a shift to not be it anymore. It's worth it, but sometimes it is work for me to have to have that understanding of your life is different. We don't have kids yet. You yeah. guys, you guys no. and, and I imagine that happens again once kids come out, but it's been hard, but in the best way, in the yeah. same way, like you, see, you can't see them now, but a big sweatshirt on, but I have huge biceps, right? Then those, those curls, <laughs> you know, they were hard to do, but those muscles got big, but I never really understood the work part of it until I actually got married. And I can imagine when you're both coming off of something so public there is that pressure to not show that it's hard. No doubt. And because when you write, when you come off the show, we're not that cool anymore. Like people come up when we're traveling and say hi, but like there's paparazzi and stuff that first like year, like outside of our house. And so like, if I was taking the trash out and I looked like, you know, like, like that, like <laughs> there'd be an article we're in the grocery store, walking out of the grocery store. It was just, it was crazy. That's crazy. So we, we felt like we were putting out a facade that wasn't an accurate representation of the struggles we were still going through. Where do you guys live? What town? What city? Uh, we actually live in Puerto Rico right now. So we live in Dorado Beach. Really? That's yeah. why we relate to Arkansas, bro. That's a long way. He didn't know how far. <laughs> yeah. He missed his flight. He missed his connector. <laughs> so you live in 
How yeah. does that work? Uh, it's great. We, we were in Dallas and in the middle of COVID, kind of a lot of our friend group had moved away and I traveled during football. She has family down in Puerto Rico. So I was like, let's just go rent a place month to month at worst. You're near family. We'll have to travel a ton. And it's a little, we can be outdoors Our more. Our family's where again? In, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Two, oh, both of our brothers lived down that there. That makes sense. Yeah. And so we moved down there and we loved it. We're like, hey, until we have some kids and we want to settle down, like this is going to be a good spot. But we'll end up here in Nashville at some point. Um, we have some land here. So we'd like to build a house here eventually and, uh, and, and kind of put our roots here. That's pretty cool. I was just thinking, uh, like I, when we moved, I wanted to live somewhat closest to the airport because I travel so much. But you travel to a lot of these southeastern Not towns. easy to get to. <laughs> yeah. And like he's, he's going to Columbia, South Carolina from Puerto Rico. Yeah. There are no Southwest boys. <laughs> nope. I don't know if you're familiar with how that works. So, it, it, you know, it makes it makes the travel during football season a little bit longer. But again, I'd like, I can't complain. Like football season is five months and the rest of the year we do a lot of other projects, but it's not as travel intensive and we're together 24-7 most of the time. We do a lot of work together, so... Remove my bias, so don't answer this question for me. Who Uh-oh. is your favorite head coach, SEC, to hang out with? Not best coach, not. but like if you were going to go to dinner and they were like, hey, pick any coach, you guys just go hang out for an hour, who would it be? Ooh, uh, it would probably be, uh, rest in peace, peace, Mike Leach. Like Mike was one of the best to be around, like just because you never knew where the conversation was going to go. Um, but I'd probably say Beamer's pretty fun. Shane Beamer, South Carolina is pretty fun. Just he's quirky and he's he's got a great personality. Lane's pretty fun as well. I think Lane. You got to you got to peel back the layers of Lane, though. You know what I mean. You got to get him comfortable, and then he then he starts to open up a little bit. What is Nick Saban like in person? Nick's great in person, but he's just like there's there's like a there's an aura around him. Like there's a it's he's the goat. So he's great in person, but he is very he's business. He's got a cup of coffee, wants to answer talk football, and then you're good. Well, I will say, okay, Sam, Sam is one of my favorite coaches as well. Just to Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Yeah, Sam Pittman just to, (laughs) he's the, he would be the best to go get a beer with. No doubt, actually. Now that I think about it, totally. Sam's the man. A lot of money, a lot of pressure to be a head coach in the, especially in the SEC. Which of these coaches are, who is the most hands-on as far as they're in these meetings offensively or defensively? And who's a CEO, the best CEO? Like, give me the, because Mac Brown was an excellent CEO right. type of Texas. Like, he knew how to run that program. Last time, Texas has been really good. Yeah. And so, but he was very much that CEO type guy. Give me both of those. Like, who's great at CEOing and, and who's great at being hands-on and really getting, uh, like, granular with the team? I think Brian Kelly's a really, really good CEO. I mean, he's done it for a really long time. At LSU. Yeah, at LSU. Um, and he's hired good staff around him. So he is definitely a guy that you just sit and you realize he has the 30,000-foot view for everything in his program. And he, he's willing to get down in the nitty-gritty when he needs to, but he is the guy that that tells the ship which direction they're going and makes sure it's going in that direction at every level. So he's a definitely a CEO type. Um, as far as a more X's and O's guy. And maybe it's somebody who even calls plays still offense. You yeah. know, like it's an offensive guy who still calls plays. Yeah, Josh Heupel is a guy that um, he is – becoming more of a CEO because I think he's realizing what that takes at Tennessee, but he's still a, like, he just wants to talk offensive ball. And um, so he's a fun one to sit down with because you know he lives and breathes offense and he just loves it. And that's all he wants to to do. And if he could just call plays, he'd probably just call plays. Just so happens he's a great head coach and he's got other responsibilities. My wife's a massive Oklahoma fan. Her family is, and they get to come over to the SEC next year, which I'm very excited about yeah. because that just means we get to play the same teams and get to play each other occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Heupel was yeah. her favorite player growing up. 
She loved Josh Heupel, and Josh Heupel got fired at Oklahoma as the offensive coordinator under yep. Stoops, and Josh Heupel is now at Tennessee after being at UCF. But he's at Tennessee, and Oklahoma is now going to be in the SEC. That is interesting because if you are a player and you have your allegiance and you played and you won at Oklahoma and you coached, but then you got fired, how does he feel? This is just you, your opinion. How, how, how does he feel about playing those guys? Does he want to kick the crap out of them? Or is, is it like, man, this is awesome. I get to go back into Norman, back to the people that made me. I think it's both. I think you're able to kind of separate, right? Because as a coach, when you've been at so many different programs, you've played and your allegiance is initially to where you play, I believe. And it probably still is deep down for a guy like Josh Heupel. I think you end up wanting to dominate and win in those games. And, and because really you're not coaching and playing as much for the logo and the university as you are for the guys, so as a head coach, like you end up having so much invested in these kids, right? These 18, 19-year-olds that like that's really why you want to go beat your alma mater. Not because it's your alma mater and there's bad bad blood. I think you still have like a deep allegiance to it, but you end up just doing it for the guys that you spend 99% of your day with cuz those coaches spend more time with those players than they do their family. Coaching's tough. Like you have zero hours. You ever want to do day. that? Part of me, yes, but I've also been so close to it now that I'm realized that it would take the perfect scenario. Um, if I live back here in Nashville and there's an opportunity to go coach quarterbacks at Vandy, like that is something where Clark if I Lee? live there, yeah, oh, I've already told Clark. Clark. Oh, I already yeah. told Clark. I said, hey, in a couple okay. years, just, you know, <laughs> I'll be here and yeah. I, I may be ready to, to step onto that side. Um, I did have an offer a couple years ago um, as a position coach, but I just, I like what I do on TV now and I like the, the flexibility. It allows me to do other things. At some point, yes, that could be something I'd like to do. God, you have such a great job. Like, I'm jealous of your job. Do you get paychecks every week or only five months during football season? Every week. Nah, he's got a yeah. salary, too, boys. Wow. Eat it up. <laughs> well, that's kinda, I mean, when you, when you play in the NFL, and I was only a practice squad guy, so I wasn't making big money, but you realize, like, oh, wow, these paychecks are awesome, and then they stop in December. And you're like, wait, wait, I get zero until August? Wait a minute. Being on a practice squad in the NFL, are you basically learning what every team you're playing that week's yeah. quarterback is doing, and you have to mimic that? Yeah. So I was in Tampa in 2013. A uh, guy I work with now, Dan Orlovsky, was a, a quarterback there as well, and Mike Glennon. And it was my job because Dan's a big, tall, unathletic guy. I'm a shorter, athletic guy. So when we played like Russell Wilson, I was Russell Wilson. We played Cam Newton that year when he was in uh, North Carolina, or sorry, uh, with the Panthers. I don't look like Cam Newton, but I could run around a little bit. So yeah, you kind of just mimic whoever, whatever quarterback you're playing. Um, but that year we were injured at receiver, so I ended up playing receiver for our scout team, running routes against Darrell Revis. I was like, wow, yeah, I'm not as athletic as I thought I was. So Darrell Revis was locking you down in practice? Yeah, it was legit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I caught that's, one that's ball That's an awesome on story. Did anybody get a, I would, I'd be like, hey, take a picture of me. Yeah. Lined up. I mean, do you have a picture of Darrell Revis? Unfortunately, no. Man, I was like the, kind of too scared of that boy. I'm just like, I'm just a scout team quarterback. <laughs> Wait, how tall are you? I'm just under 6'2". I'm like 6'1". Oh. Yeah. Because oh, he, he said he was considered, like, what, I don't know if you said little or small. Shorter, yeah. Shorter. For a quarterback, totally. <laughs> that's a big D. Relax. Yeah, yeah hey, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know because I mean, yeah, some of these athletes you just see them on TV. Yeah. So I can't, and you hear like in real life they look tall or big or huge, and like you seem tall, but you're saying you're small. Yeah. Cat, the cat in the hat. I am <laughs> Sam. I am. Yeah. Yes. In in that same vein, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised at uh, just Ryan Gosling is a normal sized guy. You know, actors you never know. Hmm. I stood next to him the other day. I was like, wow. Did the people other day, say you look like him? No. 
Just now, I just see it. Does anybody else see it? Not really. No. Oh, no. We're, no. Our eyes are kind of close together. So that's <laughs> Were you similar. at the Barbie premiere or yeah. something? Were you really? Yeah, and he's just a good looking dude. Did you watch yeah. it, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, we watched it. And? It was good. It was fun. You know what I liked about it is that it was kind of self-deprecating in a way. Just because it was, they 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 acknowledge like the point. That, yeah, they could, they're they're Barbies, so yeah, it was fun. All right, final final few questions here. Question number one: Who wins the SEC East, and why is it going to be South Carolina? Oh, it's not going to be South oh, Carolina. Yeah. It could be. I actually, I think that that week three, I think it is game against Georgia is going to be interesting. Um, do love South Carolina. It's going to be Georgia. They're just too good. Even like, even Tennessee, you go Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina. Yes, just because I think I think Georgia is going to lose one. Um, I think. I mean, I don't know. It could, Tennessee has every opportunity, but I'm going to go with Georgia sitting here right now. And over in the West, it's probably still going to be Alabama again. I got or LSU. LSU. Uh, mm, really? Yeah. Alabama's, that quick. He turns a program around that quick. Alabama is good. They're deep at every position. They don't have the superstars on offense that they're used to having, and their quarterback position is going to take a step back. They're going to be fine. They're going to be good, but I think LSU is has everybody back, especially on offense. So I think they're going to get the West. Has Saban lost his edge? No. Has other pe- are other people's edges just sharper then? Yeah, just Kirby I, Smart, sharper edge. I mean, what we're mad at Saban because he's only won a, like a national championship every other year, essentially. Uh, you know, averaging over the last six or seven years. Um, no, I just think NIL is changing things. Right, it's easier to now pay kids and, and get them there as opposed to just going, hey, we're Alabama. Um, so that's evening things out a little bit. Are there rules against you participating in? NIL. Let's say you wanted to uh, have a kid at Vanderbilt or any school. Yeah. And you'd be like, hey, I want you to promote my show, The Big D. Could you pay them? Or the I believe so. Yeah, I think I could. Because I do I, I do a lot of NIL with yeah, Arkansas kids. Totally. But I'm also not working in sports or ESPN. So. Yeah, it's weird. It's probably like a gray area. Like maybe it's frowned upon, but. Bobby, 25 whistles. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a podcast, <laughs> and it's sponsored by and it's sponsored by DraftKings, and they're just kind of like, do your thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's not ESPN. Because if he's calling the game, I got it. Yeah, and there's he's got a player on the G- Georgia defensive line. Yeah, that that's true. That makes like sense. I said, I don't think it's illegal for me, but yeah. I think they'd probably say, hmm, maybe not. Yeah, I stay away from stuff where I'm like, I don't think it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's on that line, okay. So the Big D airs Wednesdays. It aired last night, but you can watch it on Peacock today. Uh, Jordan Rogers. Hope, and you're here for SEC Media Days. Yeah. So what do you do? You just talk to everybody. Just, get as much. Yeah, a bunch of radio opportunities. Coaches and players are here, so we have a set over there. We'll interview some of them and just talk football like we know what's going to happen in a month or two when we don't. Do you want – here's the option. When Last time we had a guest here because um, you were kind enough to you Uber up here. Yeah. <laughs> now, Lunchbox can drive you back to your hotel. Yeah, he, I could. He, he drove he Richard – He goes, I could. <laughs> he drove Richard Marks back to his hotel. Wait, in what car though? In my, ha- but in my car. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Which oh, is, he picked him up and dropped him off. Right. And so the problem, the thing is, I got to take some stuff back. You ever been, what's that place called where you buy like salt shakers and stuff? Huh? It's like way expensive. I William no Sonoma. Salt shaker. Oh, yeah. great. Love William Went to William Sonoma? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I walked out of there. I didn't know the salt shaker cost a hundred bucks. I got a salt shaker and there's a hundred bucks I take back today. <laughs> so if you do take them, you got to put that in the back seat. Oh, I got to take it to William Sonoma? No, you don't take it back. I'm oh. taking it back today. The best I was is like, come William on Sonoma in the winter when they get the, the peppermint bark. chocolate bark and mm. then they have like the apple cider taster spots. I've never even been in there. I can't believe this stuff was that Expensive. Oh, you should go in. It's nice. I it did go in. Sick. I bought a salt shaker for $100. Oh, okay. <laughs> when you enjoy that, that is a definite like marker in your life. He goes, oh, yeah, I made it to that point where I love going in Williams-Sonoma. There is no salt shaker that should cost $100. What does it do? 
Is Shake it, salt. Wait, does is it, it crack? Is it the automatic one when you like flip it and it, it comes like out? It's like a motor in it. Yes, love oh, it. I don't need that. Cool. Well, wait, no, I mean, it's not cool. I'm taking oh, no, it back. Let us, let us see it. it. Maybe we'll buy hey, it. Hey, maybe you. I'll give it to him as a gift. I'll give you 60 bucks. <laughs> that's for his, it. That's yeah. his Derek yeah. Jeter goodbye. Yeah, yeah. like a salt shaker. Okay, Jordan Rogers. You guys follow Jordan on Instagram, jrogers11, killing on ESPN, SEC Network, and also the Big D. Jordan, thank you for your time, man. Appreciate it. There he is. Jordan Rogers, everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Miranda Lambert has been going viral lately for something that happened during one of her concerts and some fans and a selfie. If you haven't seen it, then dang, good for you for not being all up in the news. But Bobby made a statement about that situation and his thoughts on everything that happened. Number two. A couple things I wanted to mention. First of all, I cannot believe how big this Miranda Lambert story is getting. Oh my, I know. It's And I talked about it yesterday, and it is a bit trivial, but it's also, I guess, a slow news time. Because this Miranda Lambert story is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I said yesterday, I like Miranda. I know Miranda. Um, I believe my stance was, I don't really know enough of what happened in the crowd. It wasn't the, gr- the greatest of look, but I know that maybe Miranda was having a bad day. And I can understand that because I'll come on here sometimes. And if I'm not feeling good, I'll react in a way and go like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. So I said, this is not her typical MO. So even if it was worst case scenario, I'm going to give her a pass because everybody deserves to screw up or have a bad day. Grace, yeah. 
Or, and then we were also like, who knows what was hap- really happening down there? Well, a couple things to talk about here. First of all, the, the fans that are that were the ones being yelled at, they act like now that they've been treated so terribly. They act like now that someone went into their house, broke in, stole all their family. <laughs> it's crazy at how much of a victim they are. They were just told to pay attention. They were just like, shut up, right. pay attention. And look, if I'm doing a lot of ballads and I do comedy, I don't have fun. I don't allow phones. That way that never happens. So maybe that's what we learned from this. If you, It's Miranda's... A Vegas residency show. So it's small, intimate. Yes. Yeah. Her big show, you ain't going to shut phones down. Yeah. Maybe you shut down phones there because everybody's seating in a weird... But these people are like, Miranda, hurt me. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I can't survive. A fan who Miranda Lambert chastised for taking selfies. It was more than that, and I saw more angles on TikTok. I'm still not saying that Miranda was completely in the right here. But these people during, I believe, was it Tin Man? Like her... Mm. Greatest, slowest, most vulnerable ballad. They're like standing up. Big flash. Big flashes. I get it. They paid the money. They can do it. I'm not saying they were in the wrong, but I'm also saying I'm annoyed if I'm people around them because they're all doing a big group. Big flash. It's like do it during a song that's not like the most vulnerable, sad. And don't use, I don't know. And I'm trying not to be biased because I do like Miranda. But these people now are acting like the biggest victims of all time. Like someone walked up and just punched them in the nose and said, get out of this Miranda show. That didn't happen. Oh, that'd be bad. (laughs) Here's here's a clip of, (laughs) I want to talk about some of this. Um, And again, I am not on the side of, I'm still, I think I'm still on the side of the people taking the picture because you can do that if there were no rules against it. It just is not so cut and dry like this. Here is a clip of the woman with TMZ. Go ahead. It felt like I was being back. And she's British. She's oh, British. No. So we she automatically <laughs> feels snotty. There's no she probably likes the queen. Her king. <laughs> probably. Okay, go ahead. Do it again. It felt like I was being back at school and the teacher said, sit down. We were in the process of sitting back down. We just finished taking our group picture. And then suddenly we realized that as really as I was turning and sitting down on the bench, or the concert is stopping, something is happening. And we were like, oh, this is about us. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's well, definitely not British. Yeah, yeah. Not, not British. But also, yeah, <laughs> I would be embarrassed if embarrassed. I got called out like oh, that yeah. and someone was like, you're really pissing me off. And, and plus, I'm there to see Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be mortified and just want to like, Crawl in a hole and go away. And they did go away. They left immediately. Yeah. I know they went away, but now like they're suing her for like... yeah, because they had bottle service. Oh, they... Listen, I know they went away, but they're just like making a hole. Now they're very much out there. Yeah. I could just go away and make it stop. And then continue with more people. Okay, so this is again. I'm looking at other people. It's funny how many people record everything because I guess people were recording. Miranda didn't care about other phones recording her. Because other people have their phones up and you can see it. So she's not stopping the show because people are recording her show or recording her, taking pictures of her. She's stopping it because they're probably 15 feet in front of her. They're all standing up in a group, blocking people and big flashes. That's what I want to know. Like how many pictures, how many angles? What? Wait, how many people in the group? Five. Like yeah. Five or six. Oh, that's a lot. They're I'm still up. not on the side. I'm still not going to go. I'm on Miranda's side. But I'm not on anybody's side because these people are annoying me now too. It's just because they're doing interviews, like <laughs> acting like they've been done yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, they're, it's Miranda singing a ballad and they're very close to her and they're up taking big pictures and that's okay. I would just shut phones down. As what? a judge, no more phones at Miranda shows that are small at the casino. 
Okay, I'm very curious if you could picture Justice for Miranda. This- I'm saying it. Justice yes. for Miranda. <laughs> if you could picture this happening to you, like how do you think you legitimately would handle it? Great question. It? If I'm doing jokes, because I would say jokes for me, they're on, you, I, I need to have a cadence, and I'm telling jokes, and I can't have anybody interrupt me because I'm like, set up, set up, set up, punchline laugh, set up. If she's doing a ballad and she's her an instrument, mm-hmm. and these people are really, really close to her, because they are, they're 15 feet from her standing up. If people stood up and took a selfie as I'm like, what's the deal with peanuts? <laughs> it would throw me off. Yeah. It really would throw me off. Okay, now flip it. You're the you're the concert. You're there. I you're would attending. Not do it right then. I know Ooh. you wouldn't. I I know. So it's I know it's hard for you to imagine it, but imagine it, and then I'm you get. I'm not annoying, cold. so I wouldn't do that right then during <laughs> that song. I know, but just for the sake of like, because I've tried to think. Okay, gosh, I'd again, I'd be mortified, and maybe I'd leave, but also I could maybe have a good attitude and be like, "Sorry, Miranda, love you." Like, sit down and enjoy the show. I don't know. I would just do it like during Mama's Broken Heart or something when everybody's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody else is up. Yeah. Read the room. I think that's my number one rule we talk about all the time on oh. this show, that there is nuance in life. Read the room. I'm still not on Miranda's side, just so everybody knows, but I'm not on their side either. I just think it's an incident where they did something kind of probably dumb at that time, and she probably reacted in a way that she wished she hadn't. And okay, we're all losers because we're still talking about it. And I'm a loser for still talking about it. <laughs> that's it. And you guys aren't victims. And you're British. So. I don't think they're British. I don't think they're British. Well, I don't British. Know they sound what British. They... Yeah, they sound she didn't sound British? No, no, no. no. That's definitely no. another country. Yeah, that's no. like Australia. No, no, no. No, it's no, not. Definitely not I would Australia. guess Russian. Uh, what? Armenian. Oh, she's Ar- from the Valley of LA, that sounds more like Armenian. Oh, now we're all guessing. And the picture was great. It was a great picture. They did a great job. And she was right in the middle. Yeah, they, yes. right in the middle. Yes. they did a great job of creating the whole. I mean, I was like, that is a great picture of you and Miranda. Like, I was like, whoever coordinated, like, okay, you need to move a little bit to the left. It was perfect. Framer. He has a good yeah, hey, I do got to give him credit for that. Lunchbox, good point. It was a great picture because they left that gap. It's like somebody with a gap in their teeth. They had the gap in their teeth, and Randa filled that gap. Wow. She was that tooth. That's probably why She's they not, wanted not, it. I'm terrible at accents. In that moment. I guess America's in the world is a big melting pot to me, and everybody sounds the same, and I just love everybody. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, except for people that ruin concerts. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I think that's it. Do we let's play the other clip from her, Ray? And if I get annoyed, I'm just going to shut it down. Go ahead. It was so fast. Uh, Twenty seconds, no more than thirty. I don't think she could see the flash because we are standing. I learned afterwards that Miranda Lambert sometimes does get bothered when someone in the audience. You know, twenty or thirty seconds in a three-minute song. Yeah. that's a pretty big. That's a. It's about a third of the song. Well, no, that's Eddie. That, that, right? No, no. That's no, about well, my math's not very six. good. Yeah, it's about okay, six. So it's still a long that's time. That's what I meant, six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she ain't British, huh? No, no, no. Not even close. Not Australian either. All right. Um, thank you. Justice for Miranda is what I say. Everybody get off her case. I did say, Miranda, if you want to come talk about this, you're more than welcome. They passed. Takes picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they passed. Um, and then don't throw, don't, don't use a beach ball. If you, it's like, what are these people going to do next? Put a beach ball up in Miranda's show in the, in the mm-hmm. Vegas casino? Remember she had the beach balls? Oh. We talked mm-hmm. about that with her. about that. She, we, we were talking because she was, Miranda's been on the show a bunch, but she keeps a box cutter on stage, and then if a beach ball comes up, she slashes them. And so here's what she had to say about beach balls and asked her where that started. I was literally starting over you, and here comes a beach ball flying at my face, and then the whole crowd's looking at the beach ball, and it's staring like a heartfelt ballad. And where it started was on the Kenny Chesney tour, in 2009 because I was doing more like her, which is like a, again, like a deep, whatever. I was sitting on a stool on the stage and a beach ball 
someone like did a volleyball spike like with this giant ball and it hit the mic and hit my lip and busted my lip and I was bleeding and I was like I'm done so I started carrying a knife on stage on the drum riser so now I have like a pink little razor blade and that was a slow song too it sounds like when she's doing an emotional song and she's pouring her guts out she would like for people to at least act like they're paying attention that's it mm-hmm. good thing she keep a knife up on stage for that she don't oh, have out there oh, she boy. slices the camera she got full Zorro with those women <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she also says people, this is on our show here, accused her of being a buzzkill. Do you feel, though, that sometimes they do this now because they want the, the treat of having Miranda pop their beach ball? No, because then they're like, you're so violent and you're not any fun and I wish you wouldn't be so um, a buzzkill. Like, but I don't have a song about anything about water. <laughs> like, not even, not even a steel drum anywhere. So I don't understand. It's just weird. I don't like it. Justice for Miranda. It's the last time I'll say it. Unless I'm still annoyed and do this segment again tomorrow. (laughs) That's it. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. It's always a fun week when Chris Stapleton is on for an interview because it's not often we get to hear some things from Chris Stapleton, but he is hilarious. First, we found out, does he actually play pickleball at the mall like Raymundo claimed he did? And what was the story behind that viral ACM photo, you know, where he's cleaning up all the confetti? Plus, apparently, he's drank out of somebody's Grammy. So we got all the details from Chris Stapleton. And I'm just telling y'all, Chris is one of my favorite interviews because you just don't expect the funny stories that come out of that man. Number one, it's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know. I'm about to talk to Chris Stapleton. A few fun facts. He was his class valedictorian. When he graduated in 1996, he used to work at Papa John's Pizza, still keeps his employee badge in his medicine cabinet, and as a songwriter, over 170 of Chris Stapleton's songs have appeared on albums and sung by Luke Bryan, Tim McGraw, Brad Paisley, Dirks Bentley. He's also just really one of the greatest. It's Chris Stapleton. He's got a, a new song that we world premiered today, and here he is now. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Chris Stapleton. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, Bobby. Going pretty good. Uh, before we get to a big album announcement and a new song that we've already been playing, a couple questions that we've been meaning to ask you for a long time. Ray Mundo claims he saw you playing pickleball in the mall. Is there any truth to that? Who claims this? Ray Mundo, who works on our show. <laughs> he came in one day, Chris, and he's like, I saw Chris Stapleton playing pickleball in the mall where they have a little that net set up. False. I've never played pickleball. So what do you want to say? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe what? Maybe he was doing a different sport. It just looked like he had gotten done playing pickleball because there's a mall pickleball area. He could have been shopping. I don't know. That's not a sport, right? I'm maybe sure he mall- shops at the mall. Now, you may have seen me. I, I, I occasionally I do play tennis, but not at the mall. Not at the mall. No. Yeah. <laughs> he, the, Chris, there's this court that's set up in the middle of the mall, and Ray was just like, "I saw Chris Ableton. I swear he's playing pickleball in the mall," and we were like, "You're nuts," and so that confirms it. Ray's nuts. Yeah, no. Yeah, cool. Good. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, no. Check that one off the box Hard there. Point. Yeah, no, not not at all. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'll take it up. Who knows? Have you played pickleball at all? No. No, oh, it's, le- it's legit. Yeah, it's legit. And it's not. It's way easier than tennis. So for me, you're probably a pretty good tennis player because you're an athlete. But pickleball is much easier for a guy like me. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, well, well. You were an athlete. You are an athlete. You can laugh, I, but. I mean, I'm, I'm a 45-year-old man with five kids, so. Whatever that means. 
uh, in the range. Of, I'm, I'm no Tom Brady, I'll say. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this new song, okay, because we've been playing it today. I love when you put out new music. So tell me about White Horse. You and Dan Wilson wrote it together, like the concept. Did you have a note in your phone? How'd this song come about? I was, I, in preparation for talking to, to you today, I, I was like, I have to remember the timeline of this song. So I, I kind of, you know, tried to make sense of it because I, the reason the song got written, there was a movie that was made a long time ago uh, called The Lone Ranger. Uh, there was a Disney movie. And they were looking for songs. Um, and so this would have been 2012 or maybe early 2013. I'm not exactly sure. But that was kind of what came up that day. I was in L.A., uh, and Dan was like, hey, they're looking for songs for this Lone Ranger movie. I was like, well, what, what do we know about it? He's like, nothing. <laughs> and so we we wrote this song <clears throat> hoping maybe it would uh, be useful for that. But it wound up just being a, a song that I like a lot, you know. And uh, you can probably even find a YouTube of me playing this song uh, thinking I was going to cut it a long time ago uh, with a band prior to Travelers. I think there, I think there's... YouTube's of me playing this song out there, and then it kind of fell off, you know, the set list and didn't get attempted at, uh, recording. Sometimes I do that with songs. We they I let them age or um, come of age. I don't know which one it is, and then uh, it wound up feeling like the right time to try to cut this thing. And we got a, a version of it that we really thought was strong. So. Um, that's the story. All right, on with Chris Stapleton right now. Hey, let's talk about this album because I'm seeing that we're talking about an album this year, Chris. Uh, that, I guess I'm, I'm allowed to say that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. He just said it right so now. Quietly. Wait, are you not supposed to, are you not supposed I don't to know. say it? I'm, sometimes it's, things are shrouded in secrecy and people have plans for things. But I'll tell you, Bobby, yeah, we're going to put an album out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Before the the year is over, Chris. A lot of the songs that that you do, sometimes you write them forever ago, and even with White Horse, and you love them and you hold on to them, but they don't match like the project that you're putting out. You feel like so. It, what's the oldest song on this album that's coming out later this year that you've saved for so long? There's a song on this record from the uh, first demo session I did in town that I probably I don't think I moved to town with the song, but I definitely wrote it you know the first year i was in town so 2001 so there's a 22 year old 23 year old song on this record and why was that song so special to hold and why wait this long I, you said it best you said you know sometimes it's just not the right time or uh mentally you're not in the right place to put it on or doesn't fit or um i don't know um it's a song that my wife has always um begged me to do but i think i've i've it's a very difficult song to sing, so I've, I've always always been maybe not afraid of it, but certainly um, hesitant to to record it. But um, that's the oldest song on there. I'm being told that I can't announce that Chris is announced. Well, I guess I'm announcing it. Chris's new album, Higher, will be released November 10th. We're very excited about yeah. that right there. It's correct. We love that and. How meticulous are you whenever you're making an album, Chris? Are you listening to every single note of every single instrument, listening to the depth and the sonics of everything, or are you like, all right, this is what I do, you guys do what you do? No, no, no. We, we get very deep, and we, we've probably listened to this record so many times by the time that we let it go that uh, we don't want to listen to it again. <laughs> but, but that's not, not true. We, we, we put it down for you know a bit, but I do think this is a really strong record, and I'm proud of what we've done, and we've really dug in and worked on this record a lot, and um, I think the songs are, 
Um, there's a lot of strong stuff on here. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see how people, I mean, a lot of, some of it's different. I mean, some of it's, I, I don't want to say it's a departure, but it's certainly on the edges of, of things that we've uh, done in the past. I cannot wait. I hope there's some accordion. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Stapleton with an accordion. That'd be cool. Let's go. No accordion. Oh, oh, dang. Okay, a couple more questions here, and we're going to call this. However, you're doing the shows with George Strait. Now, you'll go on right before George. Now, will you go a little less hard because George is going to come on and you don't want to go, you know, full Stapleton and and envelop the crowd? Just they're like, Chris, Chris, Chris. Will you go like medium hard? No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I don't know what that means necessarily. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go on your show and say that I go medium hard, Bobby. Sorry. Okay. Well, you know, I thought I'd ask it in a weird way. So, um, okay. All right. Didn't actually mean for it to come out that way, but you get what the question is. Um, and then the final thing we're going to do here, these are questions from our listeners. They're uncomfortable questions from our listeners. Question number one, will Chris Stapleton's wife tell him if a song that he plays her is not good? That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That should be. That's not a question at all. Like that. Yes. Yes is the answer. Okay. She'll tell me if a song I play her is uh, terrible. You know. <laughs> she uh, she doesn't pull any punches, and she's she's a wonderful uh, partner in that way. And not, she's not mean about it. She just you know she'll tell you what she thinks, and she's very uh, she has great taste in songs, and uh, a lot of what you'll hear on records. Um, Song-wise, is led by her. So certainly, yeah, she'll 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 tell you. I'm a massive Morgan fan, by the way. I, let me be honest. I like Morgan better than Chris. Oh, can you hear me? Can Chris hear me? <laughs> I like Morgan better than Chris. I said it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Has Chris ever drank out of one of his Grammys? No. No. Okay. I've drank out of someone else's Grammy. Whose? Um, it was a long time ago. I'm not going to tell on that person for drinking out of a Grammy. Okay. Fair enough fun though yeah okay does his name rhyme with Lou Bega what yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd been awesome yeah I know Lou Mambo Bega. number five a little bit of Monica in my life okay no no no, no okay. it does not okay final question uh, why was Chris Stapleton cleaning up after the ACMs Oh, okay, this is for me. Sorry, I, I felt like I was waiting on people to buzz in. It's no, crazy. no, no. Yeah, most, yes, that's what we do here. But uh, yeah, the picture the of an- you cleaning the up. Is, the real answer is we were walking out, and the guys were cleaning up with the blowers. And uh, I was like, hey, man, it would be pretty funny if we could grab a blower and, and do that. Do you think these guys would get real mad if we asked them? You know? And so they were kind enough to let us you know, do a little bit of uh, posing like we were actually cleaning up and, and take a photo. It wasn't... Uh, they were getting a kick out of it too, and it was it was a nice, spontaneous moment, and, and we had a little bit of fun with it, and then we continued to leave. There he is. I love him. I can't get enough, Chris Stapleton. I could just I'm going to play this interview back, but cut all my parts out and just listen to him talk the whole time. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Great to talk to you. Love the new song, and super excited about the new album coming out later this year. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate all right, there he is, Chris Stapleton. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan Number Two. That is it, y'all. Or as, what what was that cartoon that happened? That's all, folks. I feel like that's a really old cartoon and it's somewhere in my brain. But that is all for us today. I hope you guys had a great time hanging out with me. But make sure 
before I go, you listen to Best Bits Part 1 with Amy because the Part 1 on all these Best Bits is original content. It's brand new stuff that we have never talked about before, and it's me talking to somebody on the show that I get out of their busy schedules to come hang out with me for at least an hour, sometimes more. But definitely check it out. I promise you'll enjoy it, and you get to see another side of most of us most of the time. Sometimes it goes off the rails, but Amy and I's interview is super fun. So check that out and be sure to follow the show at Bobby Bone Show on all the things. We're literally on every platform, including threads, which I personally and the show account are a little bit more chaotic on because it's just fun. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy. Enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.